This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 187 of the Fight Disciples podcast. It's a pleasure to once again be in your company. Um, if you've only just stumbled across us, you can subscribe on uh, iTunes. Fight Disciples, you can get us if you're an Android user as well, fightdisciples.com. And we're all over social media at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I hope you enjoyed my fight diaries that I knocked out last week for you from uh, the AJ Parker stuff. We were at press conferences, weigh-ins, fight night itself. Even featured uh, my new Bezzy, my new Bezzy mate, Dillian White. Talk spot, you know? <laughs> the boy, isn't he? The boy is Dills. Anyway, he's on that video, so you can go and have a little bit of a nosy at Fight Disciples, like I said, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I love it when uh, me and you don't attend a fight together. And I'm going to tell you why, Nicholas. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Because obviously I'm a professional. I go to these fights and I stay sober. Yeah? Yeah. So I'll sit there and I'll be obviously covering this for the radio. Yeah. And I'll be getting messages of abuse throughout the course of the show via our WhatsApp group that me and Nick are on for the Fight Disciples because Nick's at home. He's got his gym beam on, haven't you? Absolutely. You got your, you got your Bell's Whiskey there with your feet up. You've got your peanuts in your hand. That's not a euphemism, by the way. And he's watching the fight. And he might every now and again dip into what I'm doing and just abuse me. Just give me shit. He's going, stop being a fan of you and tell him that this is shit. (laughs) (laughs) Got to play the game at some point, Anna. Did you you not enjoy it? Um, I watched it again on Sunday. Uh, I enjoyed it from the perspective of Anthony Joshua is, you know, the number one heavyweight of this era right now. Um, I enjoyed it in the fact that I thought Tyson Fury would make mince me to this fella. I enjoyed it in the fact that I thought, okay, well, this, if anything's going to get us closer to a Deontay Wilder fight, it was 12 rounds rather than another blowout. I know how mad that sounds, but I just think 12 rounds now, I think Deontay Wilder will take a lot of confidence from the fact that um, Joshua stayed in fourth gear and. He isn't like Anthony. He isn't like Deont- Deontay Wilder. For me, would have finished that fight. That's all I'm going to say. What have you been allowed to though? And and the reason why I say that is because for me, I think yeah. we get a knockout if the ref isn't shit. I think the ref was terrible, mate. He was yeah. absolute dog mess every time. Look look at the size difference between Joshua and Parker. Right. Yeah. The only way Parker's winning that fight is by getting in on the inside. Exactly. The moment he gets in on the inside, the referee stops nothing, the fight. That's got nothing to do with Anthony Joshua. We're not talking about Joseph Parker. We're but, talking about Anthony Joshua. Yeah, all right then. But uh, if you if you look at the way Joshua turned the Klitschko fight, how does he ch- ch- turn that fight? He turns it on the inside with that killer uppercut, doesn't he? Yeah. He's he's in a grapple when he when he turns that. He would never have been allowed to do that. But Joshua wasn't wasn't working on the inside. Nobody was working on the inside. Nobody was allowed to but, though. Yeah, but Josh, why would Joshua have wanted to work on the inside? He won every fucking round of that fight. Joshua, right. Joshua didn't put a foot wrong, in my opinion. No, he didn't. So why would he have changed his tactics? Why would he have fought on the inside? Right, if you... And what makes you think that Joe Parker... Okay, let me change this then. Okay. If it was a different referee, and he'd have let them fight on the inside... And I agree with you, by the way, the referee was shit. Mm-hmm. No business being a... He hasn't done a, pro, uh, a world title fight for about six years. And it goes back to, like, Nathan Cleverley's days of being a world champion. You know, it, bonkers having him in there. Plus, he didn't speak any English. Yeah. I uh, learned that in the aftermath when Parker's team were like, we went for an explanation. Fucking guy didn't even speak a word of the Queens. So, that's ridiculous in a title fight that you can't even communicate with the two fighters. Um, however, okay, let's say it was a different referee. Let's say it's a referee that does allow them to fight on the inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does it change the outcome in any way in your yeah, mind? It might do. Might I do. don't think so. I don't think so. But, well, I, I think, well, we I think AJ know. wins that fight. I think he wins that fight anyway. He was winning it easy. For me... The fight came down to the fact... The reason I text you was like, I hope you're calling this for what it is. It's boring. It's because Joe Parker came in with game plan A and there was no game plan B. And he stuck with game plan A right the way to the 12th round and nothing changed. He didn't change it. He was losing every round. Got five or six rounds in. I thought, okay, Joe, you're losing, son. Time to do something else. Mm-hmm. And he didn't do anything else. But he wasn't and allowed... That's why do you not boring. think he was allowed to do anything else? He was trying to get thought, on the inside. I thought the, the sixth referee... round, when he, when he actually put it on him a bit and he yeah. started coming forward and he and he looked... Hey, he's, he's charging, he's, he's just trying to cut the ring down and he tried to get on on that inside. Even before he got in that exchange, the ref's like, nah, you can't do that. 
So he was always he was always at distance. He couldn't close the distance down. And every time he did chuck something, it was always falling short. I agree with you. The bigger man just kept him on the end of the jab. Exactly. Of course he did. Kept him on the end of the jab. I don't blame Joshua for the performance. I don't blame Joshua for the, for the no. performance at all. He I blame the ref. Yeah, of course he did. But if you if we go back to the Klitschko fight, the first four rounds of the Klitschko fight, that's pretty boring as well, let's be mm-hmm. honest. It is pretty boring. Yep. It's only in the fifth round when it starts to catch a little bit of fire. And in the fifth round in this fight, it started to go... There was a moment where you're thinking, hey, oh, we're on here. It's going to go, yeah. And the ref goes, no, not having it. Sixth round. Then Parker thinks, right, I'm going to have to put it on him now because I'm well behind. Yeah. Ref goes, no. And then for the rest, it just fizzled out. It fizzled yeah. out for the rest of it. You're thinking, fucking hell. All these people have spent all this money, hotels, travel, tickets, pay-per-views. Everybody's yeah. been pumped up all this week. And then you get, for me, just as an observer on the side of the ring, I think to myself, the referee spoiled that fight. It, it stopped the possibility of a stoppage because that's what they all came for. It's the heavyweight yeah. division. But I don't blame Joshua in any way, shape or form. And I kind of I kind of get a little bit upset when I've been listening to various radio shows over the last 24 hours where people are throwing shade on him, calling him shit and all this type Absolute of stuff. Absolute fucking nonsense. At the end of the day, and like making references <clears> to, <throat> he's just another Frank Bruno. What, why is that a bad thing? Yeah, exactly. Frank yeah. Bruno was really good. He's just that he, he was unfortunate to live through the era of Mike Tyson and Lennox Lewis. That's it. Do you know what it reminded me of? And I was thinking about this yesterday when I was watching it back. It reminded me when I was travelling and I was in LA and I was so fucking excited because I was getting to watch. Unfortunately, I wasn't in the right city, but I was. I, I bunked into this nightclub in the Nakatomi building from the Die Hard movie. I've told you this story before. I was I was in there. I had a glass of coke. I was surrounded by celebrities, and I'm in Los Angeles watching Lennox Lewis versus David Tua, and I was so excited because mm. I was like, "Fuck! I'm in LA. I'm in a nightclub. I'm watching the fight on a giant screen. Same team. Same team. Celebs part, everywhere. Way, That's what I mean. All right. Sorry. Everything's the same. Wow. This is this is like Lennox is going to do it. And I remember five or six rounds into that fight then playing spot the celebrity for the last rest of the fight. I'd lost interest in it yeah. because it became a rudimentary defence for Lennox Lewis. David Tua couldn't get anywhere near him because he wasn't big enough. Lennox took no chances and just jabbed his head off and, and fed him right hands every now and again. And it was a fight that completely fizzled out. And this fight was exactly the yeah, same. I agree it just didn't, didn't come to life. And you know what? This may not be the greatest moment in... Anthony Joshua's career so far, but look at his career so far. Mm. Twenty-one fights. He's unified four of the big belts. Mm-hmm. He's got all but one one of the belts. You know what he's achieved at such a young age is phenomenal. Yes, this wasn't his greatest moment, mm-hmm. but it takes two to tango. Sometimes fights just don't come alive. We got one of the best looking Klitschko's we've we've seen in years in the last fight, and that's why it became alive. I think. Fury fight would do something a bit different because Tyson comes a, brings something completely different to the ring. I think the Wilder fight can only be a smoke show just because Wilder doesn't know any other way to fight. I was just disappointed that at no point for me did Joe Parker roll a dice. And you know if rolling a dice would have meant the referee disqualifying him because the referee warning him constantly for trying to get inside and the referee, don't fucking go for it because mm-hmm. that's the only way you're going to win. Okay. But, to, but to coast through the last five rounds on your back foot and you know what? These are, the, these are the highlights for me for AJ. Footwork was outstanding. That's the best we've seen, Anthony Joshua. Parker couldn't fucking breathe in there without Joshua being on him. Yes, Joshua didn't take a chance, but that's better. I want that, though. I want him to be intelligent. I want him... Okay, he stepped on him for the last two rounds, and you could see AJ kind of went, okay, let's try and keep this record oh, that's going. Right. Last let's round put it on him for the last... Yeah, yeah, let's, let's it, try and put this. it on him. The fact that he didn't, that doesn't bother me at all. In fact, I'm happier that he, as I say, I'm happier Joshua went to 12. If we'd have got a last round stoppage there, okay, they appease the fans and whatever else. But it would have taken, for me, it would have taken away from the performance. I thought it was absolutely measured. Game plan yeah. was nailed. I thought it was outstanding. I'm glad you brought that um, the point up of what he's achieved in 21 fights, right? Fucking phenomenal. He's knocked out 20 dudes, one of them being Vladimir Klitschko, mm-hmm. the guy that has reigned supreme during the last 10 to 15 years of the heavyweight division. He's just beaten an, uh, an undefeated young heavyweight champion. He's just beaten him. All right, he didn't knock him out, but he beat him. In that 21 fights, like you said, he's unified that division. What more do you want from him? Yeah. I don't understand what more he could have done at this moment in time. No. Oh, brilliant. Look back at, like, fucking people, I've seen comparisons a week, like you. People saying, ah, oh, but he's, you know, it's all Eddie Hearn bullshit. He's, he's no Mike Tyson. Go and have a look at what Tyson was doing when he was 22 and when he was, okay, he was unifying the belts and all that, but go and, go and look who he was beating. Go and look at, not every performance was a fucking knockout. He went the distance as well. Mm. People forget about that. And again, this may not be the greatest moment, but you know what, you know what Joshua's doing now? Tyson, Lennox, Ali, none of them done. In his last three fights, he's sold quarter of a million tickets. In 11 months. 
put that in your pipe and smoke it. Who the fucking history has ever done that? Mm. Sold a quarter of a million tickets inside 12 months. No one's ever done that in boxing history. No one. Now Certainly you, post-war anyway. No one's you, fucking done it. Now you're talking my language. See, this is it. A lot of people throwing shit on it because... Like, and I've heard a lot of the older boxing scribes who were ringside, they're going, oh, he's not that good really, is he? So what, he's doing in this era what he needs to do in this era. And all right, we might go, no, he's not Ali. No, he's not Larry Holmes. No, he's not Mike Tyson. No, he's not Lennox Lewis. And he probably won't get into the majority of people's top five heavyweights. He might not even get into your top five British heavyweights from down the years. But who gives a shit? Stop being so miserable. Enjoy it, man. I've been to three stadium fights over the last 11 months. 250,000 people were there with me. Fucking hell, I'm having the time of my life, man. I'm balls deep. Absolutely. Come on. Exactly. And that's that's what we need to focus on, is the fact that stop looking back and start looking forward. Mm. This kid has just started this journey. We've got another 10 years of this. And yet there will be spills. At some stage, he's going to lose. And you know what? Then we'll find out how great he truly is because he'll come back from the loss. And where all the proper fans are because you know that they fuck off once there's a defeat on someone. I couldn't record, give a fuck. They can go back to watch fucking The Only Way is Essex or whatever bollocks they watch now. <laughs> and real fans will probably get tickets anyway. Yeah. Maybe StubHub will stop buying all the fucking tickets and real fans will get them at real prices. You mentioned Deontay's name there, right? I've fallen out with Deontay this week. I'm going to be honest with you, mate. He's, he's on my bad boys list. First of all, well, for that, what he said. That radio interview was shocking. Well, I haven't heard it. Absolutely I, shocking. I've, I've seen it. I've seen the video have of you? it. Yeah. Well, and, I've only seen the transcribe and I've read it and I thought, if he's fucking properly said that. He says it, yeah. He says it. I've seen the actual video footage of the radio interview. That is out of order, man. He's wearing some snide lumberjack shirt with a big gold chain. Why over is he the top. fucking saying that? Because he's fucking stupid. That's why. And even, to be fair, even the radio host kind of swallows it a little bit and they kind of, you know, they don't, they're not encouraging him to say it. Yeah. They kind of back off a little bit, and he's and he's still reiterating the fact. For those that haven't heard it, he says he wants a body on his record. With all the things he wants that we've to kill ex- someone in the yeah. ring. That's what for, he says. For, for everything that we've experienced over the last month, especially with the Scott Westgard thing, yeah. absolute ludicrous that the heavyweight champion of the world, the WBC heavyweight champion of the world, is coming out and saying shit like that. You don't need to say like stuff like that to make yourself a big fight if that's what he's doing. Absolutely. Don't need it at all. It anyway, so that's first thing. Second thing, throwing his fucking toys out the pram and not coming to Cardiff. This is your spectacle, mate. As you just said, this is the biggest ticket on the on the heavyweight planet, AJ. He's done a quarter of a million tickets in 11 months. Mm-hmm. 78,000 people there. God knows how many people watching worldwide. Short time. You, mate, I couldn't fucking move for the amount of press that were ringside. I was sat next to the geezers from South America chipping away in my ear. That's a funny commentary to listen to, by the way. It's hilarious. Anyway, those all these guys around it. There's your, there's your showcase, man. Yeah. Now, you're telling me, right, I'm not coming because they're not going to let me in the ring for a, for a stare down at the end. You're the heavyweight champion of the world. If you want to get in that ring, who's going to fucking stop you? <laughs> get in there, you bellend. Absolutely. Yeah, he's going to stand in his way. Just nod at him and go, yeah, all right, I'll come. No, no worries, I won't get in the ring or anything like that. Do you think he stopped Dillian White, who was sat next to me when he wanted to go and fucking spark Povetkin? Yeah. He was in there trying to make himself a fight. He didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Deontay Wilder should have been there, done his commentary, done his P's and Q's and all that type of stuff. And then five seconds before they met that ring announcement, he should have been up on his toes, right round the back, getting in that ring. Who's going to stop him? Yep. And even if they do stop him, look what happened when Tyson went over and with the Deontay thing. Tyson's pulling his waistcoat off and doing all sorts of shit. He went viral around the world. Everybody wants to see Tyson have a go with Deontay Wilder. Do that. Yep. Get in there. Cause some havoc. Okay. U- ultimate, <clears throat> ultimate warrior of the ring ropes. Do what you need to do, man. So doesn't. So basically what you're saying is he doesn't want it. I think he doesn't want it. Exactly. I think he doesn't want it. Exactly. I think he's fucking terrified of it. You know, for all his blood and guts and all that bullshit and all the crap he's spouting on radio shows, if he really wanted to fight Anthony Joshua next, he'd have been in Cardiff. That's it. There's, there's no other way to explain it. He'd have been in Cardiff and mm. he'd have been demanding that fight. Demanding it from the fans, demanding it from the TV executives. Showtime were there. Showtime was showing the fight live. Sky were there doing box office. As you say, media from all over the world are there. If he, if he stands in that ring and goes... I want you, and the cameras got you, and everything else. Or even if they didn't let him in the ring, he could have got interviewed by everybody yeah, at ringside. Absolutely. Going, they won't even let me in the ring. They're terrified of me. At some stage, him and Anthony Joshua would have been brought together for some kind of tete-a-tete, and that would have sold the fight, because every TV exec then would have turned around to Eddie Ayn, team, team Joshua, and Team Bronze Bomber, and said, listen, guys, whoa, 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 don't be talking about fucking Pavekin and shit like that no more. You have just sold the fight. This fight's happening. This is what the fans, the TV demands. Mm. Because the reason it didn't happen is because Wilder didn't go to Cardiff, and the reason he didn't go to Cardiff, he doesn't want to fight. I'll tell you what, I'm going to make a prediction now, and I've been thinking about this over the last 24 hours. I think Dillian White has more of a chance of fighting AJ than Deontay Wilder has in the next year. Yeah, I, I ju- absolutely agree, yeah. 
Absolutely agree. Because Dillian's constantly, he's constantly on about it, constantly. Listen, I'm ready to go with whoever. I mean, he's trying to make fights with Povetkin. Povetkin he's yeah. trying to make fights with Deontay Wilder the week before. He's tr- he, he ain't backing away from fuck all. Now, whether you think he's any good or not, that's your own prerogative. You get down with that. Yeah. But the kid's got balls of steel. He's asking for he's it. He's asking for the shit. He wants the shit. And to be fair, AJ even made a little bit of a reference to him in the, his post-fight interviews. I don't know if he did it on TV. He definitely did it on the radio. Um, because Dillian was part of our team. And he said, listen, you know what I mean? There's definitely a narrative between me and Dillian. If he wants, he obviously wants it. I obviously want it. It's whether the narrative's there or it's the right time to do it. I think he's insinuating, Dillian, go and get yourself a world title, mate. And then me and you will go and do the thing. Do it for all the marbles. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I was... um what was the show like? What was the, the atmosphere like in there? And all yeah. that? Was it a bit flat? Because the undercard, you know, price aside, and we'll come back to pricey in a second, but, you know, the undercard was, you know, the kids looked great early on. It was shy. Come on, great. let's not fuck about. But then listen. the undercard was poor. Right. It was poor. It made so, it tough for tough all, you. All day in Cardiff, it was bouncing. It's bank holiday weekend. I had a little bit of a trot around the city centre trying to kill some time, yeah. and the whole thing was bouncing. First of all, whoever comes up with a half and half scarf for boxing, fuck off. What are you doing? Get out of town. There were half and half scarves knocking about, mate. Now, you know what I feel about them in the world of football? <laughs> Joshua Parker, half but and half. half. Who's fucking buying a half and half scarf? This is, this is... <laughs> So I'm having a trot around the city centre. Does it get you get your exclusive merchandise? Fuck off! Someone's knitted them in someone's front room. Absolutely joke. Anyway, so I've had a trot around town, but the town's bouncing. Like it's bank holiday weekend anyway, so everybody's out. And if you go into the fight, they're all out there. And it's as we've said before, totally different demographic. Tawy lot are out. Girls are in there with fucking rollers and all this throughout the course of the day. They're all going to the fight. I met, I met a group of girls. There must have been about twenty of them. On a hen weekend, and they come purposely for the AJ fight. Fucking hell. That, on a hen do? That is, mate, that is the demographic that we're talking about. That's what this dude does. Yeah. Anyway, so town's bouncing all day. They're all on the air having a great time. And to be fair to him, they get in early because a few of them were talking about Joe Cordina, and I thought, brilliant, supporting young lad. And he was on early. I think he was on about 10 past six or something like that. Early, yeah. Right, so he gets in there. I think, right, I'll go and watch Joe. Fantastic. But I I'll, got- be, I'll be honest, watching on TV, it looked dead it looked absolutely well, dead around the all po- you could see was ringside the obviously right okay right yeah well, but it looked dead Old Knob's ringside were having a fucking VIP weren't they having a right old time of it but there were quite a few in for him anyway first fight uh, as a young kid uh, Morgan did you see the Morgan fight yeah, yeah the kid who got beat well the kid who was absolutely spangling his opponent had his opponent down you think he's had a right do here debut in Wales Welsh lad and all this type of stuff and then gets chin when near enough last, last punch of the fight you're thinking if that's anything to go by, we're in for a wonderful afternoon. This is going to be ace. Yeah. But then Joey Cordina comes out, and I thought he was the, probably the highlight of the whole thing, Joey. Yeah. Apart from Povetkin, we'll get to him later on, okay? But um, Joey, I thought, was absolutely fantastic. Dealt, dealt with the situation, wins his fight. Yeah. Everything else was kind of like... I mean, I'm a big Josh Kelly fan. He did what he had to do. He won Ma- every round. Buatzi won every round. Molina, very disappointing, man. He didn't give him anything, did he? No, he didn't, no. And I then think you- he felt his power early on. But- yeah. Um, Burnett comes out, and don't get me wrong. But- Crawler, Crawler first. That was quite a boring yeah. 10 round, even though he got the got- cut. But then it was like, oh. Well, you, you get a cut, you've got to kind of box to a different type of game plan, yeah. aren't you? Just won to every get round. through it. Exactly. Won every round. Then you've got Burnett. Burnett's putting on a bit of a defensive masterclass, and you're thinking... Yeah, won every round again, more or less. And then it, I kind of forgot about that, the earlier fights, and I thought, we haven't had a stoppage yet. Mm-hmm. Fucking hell. Jesus, they're all going late here. And I felt sorry for the other kid, uh, McGoldrick, who was supposed to be on. He ended yeah. up missing his fight because he was the floor. And then obviously we get to uh, Price Povetkin. But going to, back to your original question, the atmosphere was bouncing, but if that's the first time that you come to the boxing... You probably wouldn't go again. Are you going again? I don't know if you are going again. Yeah. You come away from it thinking, is that what's all the crack about? I've had a good rate day. I've been on the air all day, but yeah. you know what I mean? The the show didn't necessarily live up to what we've... And we've been spoiled. Let's be honest, we've been spoiled. Absolutely. The, the Wembley show where Klitschko and uh, AJ went at it, that was amazing. The, the, uh, amazing and the pinnacle of everything. Of course it was, as a showcase. But the, uh, for, uh, but as a collective, as a show, sometimes it just doesn't catch fire. I mean, how many, how many Man United fans listen to our podcast that have a seen ticket at Man United and have been bored shitless this season? Yeah. Sometimes sport just doesn't catch fire. You pay big money for it, and sometimes it just doesn't go. That's kind of the risk we take, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, but that's two out of that's two for two now, isn't it? In Cardiff, which haven't really caught fire. If you remember the last one, the Tackham fight, mm. um, and the undercard was shit. That was a poor stoppage. The undercard was poor. Obviously, Dillian White against Hellenius was an absolute stinker. Yeah. Um, so he's not he's not doing too well in Cardiff in terms mm. of in terms of uh, you know lighting the place up, but. 
I think that's probably the last time we'll see Anthony Joshua in Cardiff anyway. I think he's got to fight in America now. He's got to. Mm. You know, Showtime have got to got to try and get their get their fingers into him. And what was the obviously the talk building up to the fight was like this is his last fight on his ADA in contract, blah, mm. blah, blah. Mm. But nothing's really been discussed about that anyway. And Eddie's not talking like there's any kind of a chance that he's leaving. All Eddie's saying is we've got one one belt left to get, yeah. So mm. it all seems, whether, I don't know whether Anthony Joshua's actually signed a contract with Eddie Ian or whether it's just on a handshake, same as Tony Bellew. I doubt it will be, mate. It will, it, it'll be contractual, that. But, again, I haven't heard anything off the back of what we were talking about last week. No. Um, I didn't see Dana. I don't know whether he was there or not. No, he wasn't see, there, no. I didn't see Dana White. I saw Gazza. Gave him a wink and a nudge. You've got to see Gazza, right? you know what I mean? Give him a little bit of a fist bump. But, uh, but see yeah. Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray was oh, there. Oh, Sugar Ray. I missed out Mate. on a selfie with Sugar Ray. Fucking it, hell. Sugar Ray looks about 22. It's unreal, isn't it? His skin is just unbelievable. Anyway, let's get back to the fighting. And... Uh, Obviously, the the highlight of the for whole us. show, yeah. for, of course. I think for any fight fans as well, because it, it was entertaining, you mm. know, and there was always that risk of someone's going to get chindy and something exciting's going to happen. And, you know, in that third round when he caught him and he just fell against the ropes, I thought, oh, fuck, it's on, son, it's on. That bell, oh, man, the bell just came a little bit too soon. Mm. Devastated. Can I, just, can I just say, I have never, knowing Pricey like we know him, mm-hmm. And being around him all week, because I was staying in the same hotel as him and some of the other fighters and stuff. Just spending time with him and chatting to him. Anybody that's ever spent time with this dude, it's so hard not to like him. He's just a top lad. Top, 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 top lad, right? And when he was... and 78,000 people haven't met him. They don't know him. Yeah. At the top of the ring walk, I took my headphones off. I put my microphone down. and I just wanted to experience how these people were going to welcome this kid to the ring. Because he walked first. Yeah. It was unreal, mate. It was absolute the love that was pouring into that guy at that moment. It proper brings a lump to the back of your throat. You think Brilliant. to yourself, "Fucking go on, lad. Yeah, go and do it now. If you can't do it with this support, and he made the ring walk, and obviously he looked, he looked, he looked good at certain points. That fact. Don't get me wrong, Povetkin, I think wins all the rounds apart yeah. from the one where there's two knockdowns, and I think that's a level round, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but he never backed off. He kept there. He kept. He, he stayed. He kept his stance. He tried to get the jab in. He got the jab in at the end of the first round. He got the jab in at the end of the second round. He thinks to himself, "All right, Price is just feeling his way in there. Yep. He's taking a bit of the storm. Go on, boy." And then when he got caught, it was just on the point where you could see the confidence rising in yeah, him a little exactly. bit, and you just thought, "Fuck!" Yeah. Just as the confidence were rising, he just let his guard go, just a touch, and then he got caught square and bang, he went down. He wasn't hurt. No. You could tell because as soon as he goes down, he smacks the bloody cameras. He's like, when you fucking dickhead. Because yeah. he was getting into the fight and you think, oh. Just got caught squared on, yeah. Oh. And swallowed it. But uh, then to come back and mate, to land that big at shot. At that moment, before the big shot, I went, this stinks of Bellew Macabu. Get up off the canvas and fucking Just the way ding. he got caught. He was caught square. He went down. Bellew was pissed off with himself. He smacked the bloody ring. And I'm thinking, he's going to fucking do this. Even, even at that moment, I thought, he's going to do it. And then when he caught the kid, oh my days. The, the the commentary tables were going all over the place. People were up on their feet. At the time, I mean, you te- texted me just after this, didn't you? Mm-hmm. But at the time, I thought the standing eight count was legit because he was kept up by the by ropes. The ropes. Yeah. He was kept up by the ropes, so I thought, fair enough. Yeah. When I watched it back on the monitors, I thought, was he kept up or did he just bounce into the corner? Why didn't Howard Foster just go, fuck it, go on, Pricey? Why but, didn't he just go, go on, mate, you've got 10 seconds? Was, uh, cause I, I obviously... I was having this conversation, in real time, I'm having this conversation with my dad, who, after a few drinks, gets super aggressive anyway. <laughs> so he's effing and jeffing at the TV, kicking the coffee table and everything, going ballistic, because my dad was like, wow, Bryce, should have just been on him. You know, screw the referee, push the ref out the way, hit him, get in there. <clears throat> and he was saying, you know, if that was tight, anyone else gets him hit, he pounces on him straight away, he's got to have that bloodlust, he's got to try But... Pavetkin literally stumbled from one side of the ring over to the other side of the ring, and it was the ropes that kept him up. And I think, had it not been that close to the bell, in hindsight, watching it back again, I watched it on Sunday, and I'm like, fuck, Pricey should have been straight after him. But even if he was straight after him, I think because it was so close to the end of the round, the referee kind of does him a favour because that round's then level. Otherwise, if the referee doesn't step in at that point, Pricey's got like 30 seconds to try and get to him. Pavekin's already stumbling back, but he's not out, out. Do you know what I mean? No, he's not out. He, he was disorientated, but he wasn't out. 
As would Price well, have been yeah, able to finish him exactly. in those thirty seconds, or did the referee do him a favour by going, "Okay, well let's even this round out. It's a count for you as well. That's a count each." Either way, did Price's confidence well? I think both of them were a bit more subdued in the fourth, but they were both kind of getting their win back. Yeah. And you thought this fifth round, this is it. This is going to be a smoke show. Whoever lands first, you think could could have got the finish. It was just unfortunate that it was Pavekin, and then it was like the world stopped, isn't it? When he landed that right hand, mate, it was and, the and worst. it just went. Mm. And you're literally like, you know, it's like when you see HD pre- previews on Sky Sports and shit yeah, like that, yeah, and, yeah. and it just slows right down, and the bits of spit and turf and everything are moving. Pricey was just frozen in time with his arms by his waist, and you're like, oh, fuck. And because Pavekin was that close, obviously, he just got a free left hook, a free shot on the chin. And obviously, as soon as that landed, I thought I feared the worst then because I was like, oh, my God, that was bad. Thankfully, Pricey, Pricey you know, got up from it and was all right, but... Uh, it was heartbreaking to watch. And you know what really upsets me as well is that I, I, I don't know why I do it to myself, but I went on social media and the amount of shit people are talking about Pricey, negative shit, and you just think, not one of you fuckers has ever laced up the gloves. Not one of you has ever done what he's done. Yeah. Former British and Commonwealth heavyweight champion. He's fought. That mate, was a world title eliminator. Mate, Respect all, it where it's fucking juice. Show him some respect. They're all fucking 30-year-old virgins fucking living with their mums. You know what I mean? Shagging dogs. Who gives a fuck, yeah, right? It just fucking pissed me off. Think, think about it legitimately, what that lad did at the weekend. Yeah, he got knocked out. He got knocked out. This is the Hurt game. We're not playing. He got knocked out, and it was a violent, violent knockout. Okay. Think about the mentality that he would have needed to get in that ring. Exactly. Off Against the ba- all the up. man, he was a 10 to 1 underdog. Right. Off the back of his last two, three, four years, think about all that shit that he's gone through. His last fight was streamed on the fucking internet for crying out loud. Absolutely. That's how low this has gone. Yeah. From a guy that has won a bronze medal at the Olympics, Commonwealth gold, he's won British title, Commonwealth chat ch- title. Every fucking man and his dog was saying, He's going to be the heavyweight champion. Everybody yeah. was doing it. Listen, there's people that have screenshotted tweets that I've had from 2012 or something where I've gone, Price is the fucking... Bell, you said the same thing. The ear to the Klitschko throne, I think he said on one yeah. of his tweets. And these fucking little weapons that, I don't know, that sat fucking knocking one out in the mum's fucking back garden or whatever it is, that have screenshotted this stuff and said, oh, we'll keep that for a time when Price gets knocked out and then we'll fucking troll somebody. How sad's your life? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How sad's Get your fucking, fucking life? The guy has huge balls to go. And all these people going, sacrificial lamb. What's he fucking doing in the ring? Why is it what his team need fucking having a word we? What are you talking about? This is the dare to be great business. This is what it is. Absolutely. An opportunity comes along every now and again and you go, do you know something? Yeah, I don't deserve it. Yeah, I might get knocked out, but do you know something? I'm going to fucking roll the dice. Yeah. I'm gonna ro- that was the best thing about it. He did. He had a good go. Absolutely. It wasn't the place that we saw in that WPO European title fight where he turned up out of shape and it was embarrassing that he was hanging on the ropes and he couldn't even he couldn't even fill his lungs with air. You know, and in the end, he just kind of capitulated on, on the back of that. This was a place he was motivated. He was fit. He was in shape, he was in the right frame of mind and he took the fight to Pavekin and you know what an extra 30 seconds on that third round who knows, who knows if he'd landed that shot a minute earlier, who knows if he'd landed first in that fifth round who knows, but as you say he's got to, you've got to be in it to win it and, and to, have the, to have the mentality to even get in with Pavekin is fucking, he deserves an absolute pat on the back and you know what a lot of people say, I think Bellew was kind of even you know, it's, it's a tough business and good luck with whatever he chooses in the future. I'd be disappointed if Pricey walks away now Same. because that was a motivator, Pricey. I want to see that Pricey come back and fight. Maybe not a Dillian White, but, you know, what about a Huey Fury? I think a Huey Fury fight or something Sam like that. Sam Sexton, Huey Fury, winner of that. Price, definitely, all day. All day. Mate, anyway, he's always a fight disciple in our eyes. And I know that we're slightly biased towards him because he's our pal, but hopefully you feel the exact same way about him. Fair play, man. That took fucking big balls to get in there and to take it to him. Because let's be straight. Yeah, all right. Pavetkin's a Jew said. And we don't even know if he was on the gear because there was no testing in that fight, which was a fucking ridiculous. And I'm, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, right? Because the guy's good. This is why I get mad with Jew said's, right? This is why I'm mad with Canelo. They're good. Yeah. I'd love to have that talent. I'd love to be as good as those dudes to be able to think, right, I'm actually a decent at this game. I might become an heavyweight champion. I might become a middleweight champion. I'd love that. For them to then think, do you know something? I'm going to get myself an extra advantage and get on the fucking gear. That's why I get mad about it, yeah. right? That's why I do get mad. Because watch him at the weekend, Povetkin. He's fucking good. Yeah. Look at him for a, for a small... He was small, a small smaller yeah, than yeah. fucking pricey. He gets on the inside really well. He chucks... 
he chucks hard shots, man. Yeah. He's really good. And I think he gives AJ bother. I think he gives Deontay Wilder bother. I think he gives everybody bother. He could be the fucking giant yeah. in this division. Dillian White's fight's a great fight. I'd love to see him fight Shh. Dillian White. I think that that's a smoke show. But as you say, you can't get away from the fact that he's a serial drug cheat. And the fact that... I'm glad you brought that up because I almost forgot about it. And I was absolutely fuming in the run-up to this fight because it got to the point where I was like, the British Boxing Board of Control can't sign this off then. How can this fight take place? How can this happen? A serial drug cheat is coming to the UK to fight a guy that is a massive underdog. And he's a British fighter who's a massive underdog that a lot of people are saying doesn't even deserve to be in the same ring as Pavekin. You know, he doesn't deserve this shot. How can the British Boxing Board of Control go, okay, Mr. Russian serial drug cheat, you can fight one of our licensed boxers on a show on our shores, mm. even though you've not been drug tested for this fight? What were the WBA doing on the WBO? Because there's two of their trinkets on this, mm. on the line in this fight. What were the British Boxing Board of Control? They were sleeping on the job. This guy's got to be tested. They should have said, yep, yeah, we, we will sign off on Pavekin versus Price in Cardiff as chief supporter, Joshua versus Parker, no problem. But our only thing is, you've got to pass three drug tests in the build-up. And the day you fly into Cardiff, the Monday, the Tuesday, whatever it is, we're going to make you piss in a pot and we're going to push it through. We're going to get it tested within a three or 48 hour, you know, 48 hour window because we need to know you're clean because we're the cleanest, you know, uh, the British yeah, yeah. Boxing Board of Control claim to be the cleanest um, governing body in all of sports. There's certainly the cleanest athletic commission, whatever you want to call it. For them to not even test Pavekin is fucking disgusting. And you know what? What what happens now then if, if Pavekin... Um, gets a random drug test by USADA or maybe he did piss in a pot after the fight on Saturday because I think everyone should piss in a pot after the fight what if the, what if that comes back positive what, where are we then what does that what happens then does Price get another loss on his record against yet another fucking drug cheat does that not get overturned mm. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt I, I do I as well and you know what I, I said in the, I said last week on the show I said you'll know by Pavekin when he gets on the scales go back and look at Pavekin's previous fights when he was using he had boulder shoulders. He was fucking massive. And when I seen him stand on the scales at the weekend and I seen him get in the ring with Price, I thought, his physique is not the same. Mm. So hopefully he is clean. Mm. Mm. Hopefully he is. Hopefully, mate. Uh, for all the people that sent me messages throughout the course of the week uh, regarding the Anthony Crawler ticket situation, hey. Did you get him? He came through, did Crawler, no bother. Like I said, we were staying in the, uh, the Fighters Hotel. I saw him in reception when I was checking in. He tapped me on the show and he goes, Heard you've been slagging me off. That's <laughs> <laughs> I ain't slagging you off. He gave me his room number. About five minutes later, I was up there, weren't I? Exchanging. Exchange, doing the deal. Doing the deal. Doing the deal, indeed, yeah. So, uh, Ant, thank you very much for uh, for coming through uh, on that one. Here, I have got a funny story about the hotel, to be fair, mate. There's loads of shit that I can't actually say on here because I'll probably get a lot of people in, in, in trouble. But this is funny. You'll love this. Seeing as that our, uh, our uh, topic of uh, talking about blocking toilets is a, is a, has been a thing over the years, mm-hmm. this is a cracker. So I'm in the hotel room. I've enjoy- I'm enjoying myself. You know what I mean? I'm not fighting. If I want to have a beer, I'm going to have a beer. If I want to have a burger, I'm going to have a burger. I'm getting stuck in, right? There's a couple of kids knocking about. We're all having a bit of a chat and what have you. Anyway, I might have gone a little bit too heavy on the pasta and the burgers and all that type of stuff. So I thought, I'm- I need a shit. Let's get in there, right? So I went back to, my- stupidly, I went back to my own room to what? do this. I don't know. I should have gone I should have gone to like the-, 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 the communal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the customer or whatever. The public <laughs> toilets, yeah. Anyway, so I've gone back to my own gaff, right? Are you one of them people that has to can only sit on their own, own throne? Toilet? Yeah, you've got to sit on your own throne, haven't you? <laughs> so I've got in there, I've filled it up, right? Thinks nothing of it, flushes the bog, clears off, goes back to the bar, enjoys myself, right? Then, after all that, I goes to bed, okay? Totally forget about the bog situation in the morning. Totally forget. Well, there is no situation, is there? There is no, at this moment, there's no situation, <laughs> right? So, uh, <laughs> gets woke up by housekeeping. Housekeeping, right? So, housekeeping comes to the door, and I'm like, oh, fucking hell, I've overslept here, right? I'll go and get me breakfast and all this type of stuff. So, gets up, chucks a bit of clothes on, right? You know what I mean? So, yeah, 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 you come in, do what you need to do, right? So, I go, clears off, goes down to, bre- <laughs> goes down to breakfast, <laughs> comes back upstairs, still in my room. Been an hour, still in my room is the kid, right? <laughs> So I'm thinking, what the fuck's going on here? Not just there, there's another two dudes in there, right? Because everything all right? And I looked into the bathroom and they were in there trying to fucking get rid of this absolute log. <laughs> <laughs> proper wrestling with it. And I'm like, oh, mate, obviously... Proper dirty protest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, it hadn't gone down and it blocked that toilet, but it had also affected some of the bogs that were on the fucking uh, same level of uh, ho- hotel floor. So I'm sat there going, oh, what's going on here? Wait a minute. Who was that? I've only just checked in. <laughs> Look at the cleaner. 
Daisy Cow. <laughs> Nothing to do with me, mate. Nothing to do with me. Anyway. No, <laughs> no hablar inglés. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. So there you go, mate. That's probably one of the cleanest stories that I'm allowed to tell you from uh, from that particular thing at the weekend. I noticed that your boy Robbie Davis Jr. and my boy Jack Catterall were back in action at the weekend doing, doing time as well. Listen, Jack didn't need a shower. Did you see that? Two minutes, mate. Two and a, I think it's two minutes, 12 seconds. First round, went in. Yeah. Right, let's get off. I need to go and watch Joshua. I've <laughs> seen it as well. Body shot. Oh, Lovely, wasn't it? Beautiful. You're, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. Robbie Davis Jr.'s knockout is even better. I know, mate. Sensational. 12th really? round as well. Was it? 12th round. Yeah, I've, only seen, it. I've only seen the highlights of the he, dro- he dropped the kid a couple of times early on, and then in the 12th round, he just fucking went for it and pulled the trigger, you know? This, is the, was, this uh, is the rematch, by the way, the one where he got beat previously. Yeah, he had, it was. Yeah, he won, So he's won back his, uh, his WBA Continental Super Lightweight belt now. It was Sire uh, Waka. It took place in, in Liverpool. It wasn't at the Echo Arena. It was at the little venue next door to the Echo Arena, why, the, uh, why are you pointing? the convention centre. It's is over it? there. There it is. I'm pointing right at it now. It's there a it podcast, is. mate. People can't see your point. Well, you can shit. see me pointing. I'm saying I can see your point shit, but the thousands of but of people that are listening to this nonsense right now going, what the f- what's he pointing at? Well, they didn't know what was pointing until you fucking brought it up. That's why you? I brought it up, so I bet you look like a dickhead. So the, uh, yeah, so <clears throat> bounce it back. And you know what? Mm. Our two prospects of 2017, back on a collision course, brother. Nah, they're not back on a collision course. My boys excelled. My boys undefeated. My boys now with Jamie Moore knocking kids out in two, two minutes of a round. You know what I mean? He's fucking way ahead, my lad. My lad's world ranked. My lad's world ranked with we WBO. Bollocks. He's well ahead, son. Bollocks. He's not fucking about. It'll be interesting these... to see who's next on that British title list because I'd love. I, I think Robbie Davis against Jack Cattrall for the British title would be a cracker. They're talking Robbie Davis and O'Hara Davis, aren't they? Is that not what they're talking next? Yeah, well, because because there was a bit of shit, wasn't it? O'Hara. Well, not surprisingly, O'Hara was talking <laughs> shit, wasn't he? So uh, that wouldn't be. I wouldn't surprise me if that did come off. But mm. um, but yeah, it was just good because obviously everyone knows the situation last time and Robbie uh, fought Sayawaka and lost the first time around, and then he lost his dad and everything else, and there was loads of shit going on in the camp. And you know what? His dad was ill, yeah. Yeah, his dad, his dad, just before his dad passed away, yeah. And um, I think a lot of people. Were pointing fingers at Robbie, but also pointing fingers at Dave Tonks as his um, his coach, and um, I think a lot of fighters would have left their coach um, under the circumstances and the amount of mm. shit that he was getting. But you know what, Robbie Davis stuck with Dave Tonks, and, it, and the proof was in the pudding at the weekend. You know, as I say, Sayawaka down in three, down in four, and then eventually stopped in twelve. Uh, and it was not only was it a massive moment for Robbie Davis and for everyone connected, Neil Marsh, of course, delighted for him. He's a top kid. But also Dave Tonks, man. I'm fucking buzzing for Dave Tonks Mm. because he deserved it, you know, and he's a great coach and I'm glad Robbie stuck with him. And hopefully now, 2018, there's going to be a big fight for him towards the end of the year. Now, I know I mentioned Canelo a little earlier on in the show and everything that's going on with him. It's now been pushed back a week, you know what I mean? Because they need even more excuses to uh, try and brush this under the carpet. April 18th is now the hearing rather than April 10th, which was originally excited. It's because, well, we're having an annual meeting eight days later, so we just push it back. Fucking hell, the fight's on May the 5th. Listen, I'm telling you now, the fight ain't happening. Yeah. Put- Did you see uh, Jose Suleiman from the WBC has come out and said there's no way this fight can go ahead? There you go then. He's basically said this fight can't happen. There you now. go. The fight's not going to happen. So Triple G, Canelo's off. They're even not offering refunds at the T-Mobile Arena if you bought a ticket for that uh, yeah. type thing. HBO haven't even been uh, using Push it as a, as a promo. So that fight isn't happening. Now, we made that prediction, didn't we, that that wouldn't happen. Murray and Saunders would get pulled. Saunders would be fast-tracked into fighting... The fight with Triple G yeah. on uh, May the 5th. I'm hoping for it still. However, at the weekend, loads of American journalists knocking about. So I'm mm-hmm. chinning around, having a bit of a crack. Now, I know it's short time, so they might have been bitching because it's on HBO and all this type yeah. of stuff. Check this out, right? There was a kid there from ESPN. It wasn't Dan Raphael. It was another kid from uh, ESPN. And I'm chatting to him about it. And he goes to me, the, the Spike Sullivan thing's done. I said, you what? He goes, yeah, yeah, it's going to get pulled, this fight. And then it's Spike O'Sullivan on May the 5th. He's going to get fast-tracked into first Triple G. And I went, what? Spike O'Sullivan, who got absolutely owned by Chris Eubank Jr., who's just been owned by George Groves. That's Spike O'Sullivan. Yeah. Why, why are they not doing Billy Joe? Billy Joe's injured. Billy Joe's not fucking injured. Stop talking shit like this. Spike O'Sullivan, mate. May the Jesus. 5th. Jesus. What the fuck? What's he been doing over there? He's, he must have some dirt on some dude. So must Spike. I know he's doing okay in the States at this moment in time, but he's been owned. Hmm. That is so weird. His yeah. last fight was against Nick Quigley. Right. With all due respect to Nick Quigley. Well, we would... The fuck is that Nick Quigley ain't no eliminator before you fight Triple G or, well, or Canelo? We, we were saying, weren't we, that he's going to be fighting Canelo in September, September or October September, or something yeah. like that, but yeah, yeah. they're now going to use him to fight Triple, Triple G? G? Why? 
don't know, man. I hope that's bullshit, and I hope that that is just um, um, a vicious rumour that hopefully will not come true. I want it to be Billy. Come on, let's Hopefully do they've, fed that, they've fed that to the American media, knowing they were coming over to the UK to, 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 to get... You know, to to, to spread some rumours over here, kind of thing, to make things happen. But it's got to be if if Triple G is not fighting Canelo, and let's be honest, we don't think he is going to happen. It's never going to happen now. It's got to be Billy Joel. What the fuck? Mm. Otherwise, what's the point? What's the what's the point of beating up Spike O'Sullivan? No. Uh, one thing that is confirmed, by the way, and I've been given the tip off by Ryan Burnett. He kind of accidentally told me this, so mm-hmm. I don't know if I can share this with you. Um, but I think just, everybody just knows tell it. me then. All right then. Yeah. Well, everybody knows it. You know, I've already told you. Do you want me to tell everybody else as yeah, well? Yeah. Bantam weights, World Boxing Super Series. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was speaking to uh, Jane McDonald about it. Obviously, he's, he's on his way to Japan. Did you say Jane McDonald? Jamie. All oh, right. Jamie. I thought you said Jane McDonald from the cruise. You know no, that, no. Uh, that last that does all them cruise ship singing? I know. That's how I knew, you, I knew you'd be watching that. Yeah, I knew you'd be it's watching my thing. that fucking thing. That doesn't surprise <laughs> me. Uh, I was speaking to Jamie the other week, and uh, obviously, he's going over to Japan, as we know, to fight a new A and a new A stepping up. And I said, you do know why you're going over there. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, they think Anui is going to knock me out like he knocks everyone out. But I'm telling you now, I'm going to box his socks off because I've already been told if I win this fight, I'll go into World Boxing Super Series as the number one ranked guy. And I get my choice then. Yeah. And I was like, okay, thanks for that information. <laughs> <laughs> but we knew anyway. What a boatload of talent, though, in that bantamweight division. Un- Not only unreal. in Britain. And, and some of these British lads are going to miss out. Let's be straight. Absolutely. Some yeah. of them are going to miss out. Of course. Uh, but this bantamweight division is absolutely lit. I'm telling you now, Tete's taking them all out. Oh, man, Tete's got to be the one. Tete's taking them all out, I'm telling you now. I know know Big Frank's just sitting there now, and I know when the call come in saying, can we put Tete in the box? (laughs) He didn't even finish the conversation. Yeah. Listen, Callie, don't even finish. (laughs) Of course, whatever you need, because Tete's the most avoided man in the fucking division. We need him some scraps. Let's get it on. Absolutely. They will put him in there all day. And you know what? They'll put him in and go... Don't even have to rank him. <laughs> Just stick him in there because he's going to fucking batter everyone. Can you imagine being the fourth dude and Tete sat there going, nobody's picked me yet. It's like five-a-side <laughs> footy at school. You're not picking, you normally don't pick the shit one, but you're trying to avoid, no, I don't fancy that one. I don't fancy that one. And whoever yeah. the fourth ranked is, let's say, I don't know who it might be, but let's say it's a new A. Oh, my days. Or McDonald. It won't be McDonald because you've be just McDonald, said he'll be, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be number one. But whoever it is and Tete sat there going, all right. <laughs> Could be Paul Butler. Might be Paul Butler, yeah. and there's a you know they've got the they've got history anyway. But Paul Butler's got a fucking hard fight, mate. Well, Paul Butler's it obviously it's Persbids. It's gone to Persbids, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll find out. Obviously, he's fighting that fucking crazy Costa Rican kid with mm. a with a mad knockout percentage. So, um, but whoever whoever wins that, I think we'll probably end up with it. Do you think Burnett will go in? Yeah, Burnett's confirmed. He's that definitely going to go in. Yeah, Burnett's confirmed Fuck. that he's going in. Burnett, Tete, McDonald slash into a mm. Butler slash Jesus. It's good, isn't it, man? It's fucking ferocious. Really good. Really, wow. really good. Yeah. And I'm also hearing as well, even though... Uh, oh, by the way, I've got to... I've got to apologise and then take the piss out of the same person, right? Mm-hmm. Joe Gallagher, right? <laughs> so here we go, Joe. I'm going to apologise to you to, because of the week, during the week I said that Crawler's got an easy fight and he's going to blitz this kid, right? Okay. He got a cut. That's my excuse as to why he didn't blitz the kid. Yeah. But Joe, okay, you know a little bit more about uh, your own fighter than I know, so fair play, sunshine, that's yours. He told me that Joshua was going to blitz Parker. What did I say, Joe, during the week? What did I say? This could be the first points decision of Joshua's career. Is that what I said to your son? <laughs> Have that! Have it! <laughs> there you go. Anyway, but again, referees getting in there. Not referees, but cuts and referees affecting uh, the outcomes of fights. Yep. Uh, but anyway, during those conversations with Joe, you insinuated that the lightweights might be uh, having a bit of a knock as well. Yeah, I've heard a lot of noise about lightweights as well. Um, obviously, they've, they've talked about light heavies. They've talked about... Um, Lightweights, because mm. they're definitely doing three of it as well. Mm. And did you see yesterday they tried to punk everyone and people fucking went for it? What were it? They dropped an April Fool. They said the World Boxing Super Series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, okay. They dropped an April Fool. Yeah, saying that, and people fucking swallowed it as well. Because obviously, I thought the big April Fool was in the UFC. Obviously, we'll talk about it on our UFC show this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that wasn't an April Fool. That's a fact. But the big April Fool from World Boxing Super Series on uh, yesterday was um, uh, we're bringing in. For World Boxing Super Series Season 2, we're bringing in tag team uh, boxing and people were going for it. No! So instead of having eight fighters, we're going to have 16, but they're going to buddy up so you can tag each other in at the end of rounds. (laughs) People went for it as well. Fucking thick bastards. How good... On a, on a note, how good would that be? There's, a, there's a fucking great <laughs> business idea there, mate. We should do it, shouldn't we? Set it up, fight disciples tag team. Yeah, tag That'd team. be amazing. 
tag team boxing. Different gyms and stuff like that that you can pick up. So you can different weights as well. Oh, can you imagine that? <laughs> like a big super middle and a little bantam or something <laughs> like that. They're our buddies. Oh, that'd be tremendous. I'm going to knock that down as a new business idea. We're going to get that sorted, mate. Uh, <laughs> big fight this weekend. Well, there's a couple of big fights well, this weekend quick, in the just, same venue. Just a quick one. On your uh, your mate, Crawford, Horn, it's been rescheduled. Just yes. want to let people know that information. That's June yes. the 9th. It has been rescheduled. Obviously, Terence was uh, injured, uh, but it's now been redone. And they're going to Vegas. They're not doing it in New York this time. They're going over to Vegas yep. uh, for a little bit of Horn Crawford uh, for that world title there. All right? Um, go on, this weekend then. This weekend? Uh, do you know what? Which one do you want to go to? Shall, shall we do James last? We'll do James last. Yeah, we'll finish yeah. the show on the gale. So go on then. Erisandalari. versus Jarrett Heard. Yeah. I, I love this fight because <clears throat> Jarrett Heard is a puncher and he's game and he's fucking all credit to him for taking this fight. He's got a wicked haircut um, as well. He's got a belt of a haircut, yeah. <laughs> but uh but you know, let's be honest, Erisandalari is a you know, he's a typical Cuban, he knows how to win rounds, he knows how to will rank convincingly. I think the only reason Heard's taking this fight is because obviously not only does it make him the number one in the division because this is a unification, isn't it? Big unification, yeah. This is a massive unification, this super welterweight division. But also I just think he's gonna take it to Lara. I think he's thought, you know what, shit a bust, I'm gonna go for this. I'm gonna try and put put this Cuban on it. Will so, he catch him? That's the problem you see, he's got to catch him. And after his last performance against uh, you know, he's 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 on the he's on the back of a couple of wins, Tony Harrison, Austin Trout last time out. I think his confidence is through the roof. I just hope it's, uh, if not, it's going to be a boring fight. If not, get ready for 12 boring rounds mm-hmm. of Lara run away with it. I think but it will be. I think Heard will fucking, I'm going to go for Heard, man. Do you? be romantic. I yeah. think, well, I want it. Of course I do. Anybody that's ever listened to our show over the last two and a half years knows exactly what I want. I want Heard to absolutely spark him, right? However, Eri Lara, back foot, pop, 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 get out, of, get out of range, pop, 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 get out of range, repeat. Yep. And rinse and repeat, and that's what it's going to be for 12 rounds. I think it's going to be <coughs> Eri Sandalara having his hand raised and becoming the unified champion, which is a little bit of a shame, really, because in this division, there's some absolutely brilliant fights that you can make. Gun shows, I mean. Proper, like, stand in the middle and start whacking the bloody living daylights out of each other type fights. Yeah. Lara's probably not one of the guys. Even though he's brilliant, don't get me wrong, he's a brilliant boxer. Yeah. And with him, off, in my opinion, off the back of this fight, he'll hold two of the belts. I think he could stink the division out. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, the two losses on his career record. How many fights has he had? He's had quite a few fights now. I think he's like 34. I think this like his 40. I think this might be his 40, 30th fight. I think he's 30 fights in now. Uh, his only losses against Paulie Williams and Canelo Alvarez. Paulie mm. Williams' fight was like... And a lot of people think he beat separate Canelo. That by a lot him. of people think he beat Canelo well, that night. The Paulie Williams fight was fucking super close. Mm. Super close. I think one of the judges had it at a draw. Um, and then the fight against Canelo, obviously he had one of the judges' scorecards yeah, yeah, yeah. and Canelo had the other two. So he's you know he's never really been convincingly beat. I'm just hoping that... I'm just hoping that Team Heard knows something that we don't. They've seen something. They've seen a chink in the armour. Something that they can go for. Um... He's certainly got the power to do it, as I say. But then again, you know, Lara, I hope I- Lara's been in with some big punching dudes and never even been here before. So mm. it's a stretch. I just hope it comes on fire. I hope it just yeah. We need we need here to land something in the first three rounds for it to come on fire. Otherwise, imagine a lot of runners away with it. Imagine her Charla. Well, that, that that's the fight, isn't it? It would set up perfectly, you yeah, see, yeah. because Lara obviously is is Charlo's trainer partner. Mate, yeah, so yeah. we need Heard to win this fight to set up these great fights with Charlo yeah. with Charlos. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Uh, on the undercard, before we get on to Are it, you, oh, right. Sergio Mora, the Latin snake. Do you remember when we first seen Sergio Mora? I didn't even know he was still fucking boxing. Man. He's exactly that, mate. Fuck you know. I thought he was well in retirement, but no, is he he's still thirty-eight now. Is he? Something like that. Fuck me, man. 38, yeah. Fair play with him. Who's he got not with? I haven't even seen that. Who's he having Latin a snake. Who's he having a fight with? Uh, Alfredo Angelo. I, I thought at first it was that fucking same Alfredo that was on the contender seasons with him as well. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I'm, uh, I've got a lot of time for Sergio Mora because I was in Vegas. when it, One of the stints I was in Vegas, I went to the pool party at the MGM. Did he sort you out? And, uh, no, what, what happened was... Did he wear you in? I'm going to fucking tell you the story. Give all us a chance. Right, all right, all right, all right. It was Carmen Electra's birthday party. Oh, name! Pick them up. Pick <laughs> these names up. <laughs> and we're in the. Uh, we're, we've got our own cabana at the MGM. You know, I'm hanging there with a few of the boys. Then Ricky Hatton rocks in. 
name, Clang Clang. Ricky hasn't got a cabana, so he comes and hangs out with us because obviously he was like, free drink here for some British lads, happy days. So we're hanging out with Ricky, we're having a few drinks, fucking loving it. You know, party's going well, throwing some shapes about. Then the the Latin snake comes up as well, Sergio Mora. <laughs> so in our cabana now, there's me, Ricky Hatton, Sergio Mora. We're drinking vodka, we're having a lovely time. Carmen Electra's there with the tits out and everything. It was a good old day. So I hope Sergio Mora wins Because st- he's one of my boys. Are you stopping the story there, are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For legal reasons, let's stop the story there, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you're, you'll be up nice and early to uh, cheer on Sergio Moore at the weekend. And Absolutely. we'll also be cheering on James DeGale, Caleb Drex. Uh, part two. Yeah. This is it. This but is it. Let's be honest. If he doesn't win. It's over. It's, it's over. over. Yeah, it is over. And, uh, you know, I kind of feel... I feel sorry for, for James in a lot of ways because he's never really got... And, I, you know, I'm as guilty of this as anyone. He's never really got the respect he probably deserves for the for the career that he's had. Um but he's he's kind of like Amir Khan, isn't he? We just can't we can't love him. You can't learn to love him because of the way he is. Do you know what I mean? I think this loss has done a lot for him. I think we've seen a lot more of James De Gale, the real person, in the aftermath of this loss. The true acts. I thought, wow, yeah, that's you, James. Like, let us know, because like, people I know, like the Smith family. Uh, Tony Bell, you people that know James De Gale far better than I do. Love like, him. He's sound as fuck. Yeah, yeah. But whenever I've had. Conversations with James DeGale, he's come across as a bit of a prick. And I think to fans, he comes across as a bit of a prick. And then he lost the two acts and he, and he, and he, was, and he was heartfelt and he was honest. And I was like, yeah, man, that's, that's the guy. People tell me you are. But then in the build-up to this one, he started saying two acts was lucky last time and blah, blah. And I'm like, you've turned into James DeGale a prick again. Like, mm. I, can't, I can't get behind you if I can't relate to you. And I can't relate to you if I think you're a prick. And I think going into this fight again, I'm a bit like... Obviously, I want the Gale to win his world title back, but I don't want the old James the Gale to rear his ugly head again and be all arrogant and be all fucking the way he is because I just don't, it just switches me off him completely. Mm. It's going to be interesting to see where he's at post, obviously, operations. And he wins this, he fights the winner of Smith Groves. Yeah, of course Simple. he does. Of course he does. Simple. Um, Massive sh- stadium fight uh, out there for him. And he should win it. He should win it. He should win it. Absolutely. He's a supreme boxer, is James DeGale. It's just where he's at at this moment in time uh, regarding those injuries and whether they have taken their toll on that body of his. Um, Truax came confident last time. Yeah. How do you think he's going to be this time? Super confident. But the thing is, James DeGale's more at home abroad. It's weird, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. There's no pressure on him, you see. He loves it in the States. There's no pressure on him because the fans aren't aren't necessarily turned off for him. They're not switched on for him. You know, even though I think, I don't know, I haven't seen the betting on it. I'd be surprised if DeGale isn't favoured, surely. But. He will walk into the ring this weekend in in Las Vegas as the underdog in mm. the eyes of the fans and probably in the eyes of the Las Vegas bookmakers as well. Two time, um, two time champ. That's what I mean. But done it twice on American shows as well, mate. I just think it's massive for him because, as you say, he wins this. He fights the the, the potential rematch with Groves slash Callum Smith, and then there's a narrative there because he's friends with the Smith family, and mm-hmm. also Callum gets. Chance to make revenge for his brother who lost to the Gale. Yeah. There's two amazing storylines just waiting for James the Gale. Yeah. But first and foremost, he's got to be Caleb Truax. And you know what? Nothing but the best James the Gale will do against Truax because mm. Truax's confidence, as I say, will be through the roof. I've seen Truax this week going, I'm fucking stopping this kid. You wait and see. Mm. I think he's he's going to go for James the Gale. And James the Gale has got to be the best James the Gale we've seen since he turned pro. Otherwise, I think he's going to get beat. And you know what? He might even get stopped. Mm. Uh, Box Nation, early hours of the morning on Class. Sunday morning. That is when you can uh, watch James DeGale do his thing against Caleb Truex and hopefully uh, regain his IBF Super Middleweight hopefully. Championship of the World. Uh, thank you very much for listening to us today. It's been an absolute pleasure being in your uh, in your company. Uh, don't forget you can subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you would be so kind, by the way, as to uh, write as uh, a five-star review. Mm. I uh, just, just use the hashtag shitty arse in terms of describing my friend over here. The bog blocker. Unbelievable. On iTunes, Fight Disciples. You can get us on Android as well, fightdisciples.com. Poor housekeeper. And we're all over... She's uh... probably still trying to scrub your shit from under the nails right now. <laughs> and she's all... I should have filmed it. She, she, went, all... she went home to her family. <laughs> Mama had a long day today. <laughs> Where's she from? She's kind of like Italian. I was in Wales, mate. They're all Italians in Wales. Are they? Yeah. That'll explain the language barrier then. They, I thought it was Welsh that they were speaking to me. <laughs> At Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.